Hello there. At last we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have revenge. Hello there. Welcome to a podcast about Star Wars Shatterpoint in the Star Wars universe. My name is Jesse Aiken. Amon is still out enjoying New Zealand. We miss him a lot here. And in his stead, we have Sith Emperor Kevin. How are you doing today, Kevin? Great, Jesse. feel like I never left here. So happy to be back again. It's exciting to have you back on. Last episode, we were talking Adepticon and kind of all of our plans for that. Now the rules documents have been released fully out in the world. If you haven't found those on the Adepticon website, definitely tab over to the documents and go down to Shatterpoint. All I will say, Kevin, is I have a lot of decisions to make because some of the rules in these documents I was not expecting, and I'm very excited to figure out all my lists. How about you? Yeah, to say that we were a little caught off guard is an understatement uh, with some of those rules restrictions when it came to list building, but I'm excited for it. I can understand their reasoning behind it with it being the first event. But overall, I'm excited. I know we, we got to change up some things, but we'll get there. We'll do that together, maybe here on air and yeah. give some ideas to the listeners as well. Absolutely. And the absolute least, as Amon and I have discussed on the show with these last two ep- Adepticon episodes in general, we're hoping to document our journey, whether it's like during, post, pre, as much as we can, right? So just if you can't go to Adepticon this year in particular, we want you to be able to feel like you got to experience it and you know hear our battle reports and stuff like that and hear from people like Kevin exactly about how maybe some dark side run time went with Kevin and things like that and yeah so many things on the horizon and it feels so close yet so far absolutely i do plan to record some videos myself and maybe just do a video dump at the end of every night when i'm sitting back at the hotel room prepping for the next day and you know just document the journey some of the moments from the games just capturing the environment. I'm pretty excited to share that with everybody. Excellent. We'll all be looking out for that, Kevin. That's very exciting. And I love end of day recaps. It's something that I think is quite honestly, you can't capture outside of that moment, right? So it is a very true and genuine moment and uh, transparent things. Well, today we're not talking about Adepticon, though that is exciting. We got more information since our last episode. We're talking about Vader, the Emperor's servant, right, Kevin? And it turns out this is a character that you've been getting a lot of time with lately. Uh, yes, yeah, that's selling it short, I think. I've been playing him pretty much nonstop since he got put on the mod, and <laughs> it's it's some exciting stuff. Like, Vader 1 was already a, a blast for me. I know yep. he's an iconic character. Everybody loves him. Everybody loves Anakin. It's fantastic. Um, and this one just resonates the most with me. I think it, it his play pattern, the, the thoughts and decision-making that go into maximizing his kit and him having a unique ability in the form of his identity that we haven't seen yet in the form of refreshing an order card, which we'll get into more in depth, but it's just a fascinating mechanic. And I think he's an absolute monster that rewards some, you know, critical thinking and just playing things out in a very particular way. And it can be punishing too, if you forget certain things or, you know, misplace or misjudge certain actions to take. Well said, I couldn't agree more. I've been playing against this fader a lot. Been having a blast playing against him because it's a new puzzle in, in itself as well, which is very exciting and a nice shakeup for the game. And also, this Vader has so much agency over the swing of points in this game, right? And through the nature of his identity and his kind of mini identity, we dubbed it on the show about how the Empire can dash around, right? On top of this crazy thing of him getting shuffled back in the deck. So, we're going to explore all that today through these different avenues. And the avenues we've chosen today is to present to each other on the air and also to you, the listener, some Vader 
primary pairing ideas that might be a little off the beaten path, some things to try when you get Vader in your hands, and maybe some starting points that you can obviously build on yourself and change elements that, to suit your playstyle. Right, Kevin? This is not an end-all, be-all. These are the greatest primaries or path to go with Vader too, but this is our Vader Emperor Servant first list-building pass. Yeah, you said that perfectly. It's just, uh, this is not definitive. This is not like the absolute answer for anything, like Jesse said. These are just our, you know, our musings, our findings at this early stage of utilizing him, playing both with him and against him, and just trying to already come up with some of these synergies, right? And there's a reason behind this too. It's one or both of us may or may not be using this new Vader in Adepticon, (laughs) if we can get things painted up in time. So I know that we're eager to see that. I'm sure some other people will showcase him too. So this is an exciting opportunity for people to you know, maybe hear some ideas and try some things out before that. And maybe they feel like, okay, like I do this play style. I like this kit. Let's try this out for Adepticon for those of us who are attending. Oh, absolutely. And in addition to that, Kevin, it's also kind of building blocks to build on top of this kind of new infrastructure of Empire being fully in the game. And what I mean through that lens is, I mean, you can run two full Empire lists side by side. I know the Grand Inquisitor was kind of the first foray. And then we had Vader, the Jedi Hunter by himself. But now that's changed. We've got new supports and secondaries in the game that represent the Empire. And through this kind of lens today of exploring Vader alongside different primaries, we're hoping that it prepares you to be ready to build Vader 2 lists with obviously future Empire releases we're going to get hopefully this year. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Like you mentioned, the full Empire being in the game now um, and being able to run both squads, all members Empire is a fantastic start. Been waiting for this day. Um, excited for that to be fleshed out more. And I would implore everybody to try it at least once. Yes, that means running Riva. She's not as terrible with this list as she might be anywhere else. So definitely give her a try. Absolutely. Shout out to Third Sister. All right. Well, Kevin, before we get into today's discussion and we get to unveil which primaries we're going to be bringing with Vader and what sort of lists we're going to be building, we have a couple people to thank and mention. Hello there is affiliated with Mr. Laser at mr-laser.square.site, your number one resource for Shatterpoint pre-orders, Shatterpoint trays. Now is the time to get your pre-orders. If you want to get this new Vader box, this new Luke box, these slew of Ewoks and Master Plo coming to the game, jump on Mr. Laser's website, use our code HelloThere5. You'll get 5% off his already insanely discounted rate, and you'll get stuff shipped to your house the second it comes out with the pre-order. So what are you waiting for? Hello there is also affiliated with Imperial Terrain the number one resource for Star Wars Shatterpoint terrain STLs out there. I know Imperial Terrain was had terrain at LVO recently, helping out the community there. So John is a great guy at Imperial Terrain. We highly recommend his products and use the code HelloThere5 to get 5% off your digital orders of terrain and start building your own unique boards today. And of course, our show cannot function without our patrons. Our patrons support HelloThere at patreon.com slash HelloThereCast. If you enjoy the show, would like to join our private discord community consider joining the patreon we take this time to thank every patron for the support but additionally we take this time to mention the new league is about to happen signups are live on the discord if that's something you've been interested in hello there episode four is about to happen if you've been kind of on the fence on when to jump on especially those of you that maybe want to jump in because of the leagues and stuff now's the time and um i'm sure Kevin would agree. This is going to be a very exciting league because this is going to be our first league where Rebels and Empire are fully fleshed out in the TTS mod in a true way where people can play them in the league, which is just mind-blowing in the sense of we're going to be playing a new game in some ways, especially in the league because everybody's been trying new stuff. 
And so definitely jump on the Patreon if you're interested in that. But we have to close our Patreon bit like we always do and thank all of our producers. We have to thank our producer, Bounty Hunter Brady, and the ultimate producers, Sith Emperor Kevin, who is here, Grandmaster Griffin, and Daimyo Matt. Thank you guys for everything. All right, Kevin, let's get into this main topic today. Building lists with Vader 2, the Emperor's servant. And so, Kevin, just give us a quick summary of some of your game experiences that you've had with Vader and maybe some of the things that maybe didn't stick out initially at first glance, but now you're getting a grasp on before we start building our first list. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, a little background on uh, Vader 2. I think that when he first came out, I was just excited. Listen, I was ready for anything that was not the exact kit that was Vader 1. Love him, but when I saw this, it immediately stuck out as a more like well-rounded, tankier, if you will, like a team-oriented in some weird twisted ways kind of team playing Vader. And seeing his identity and the unique ability to, if he doesn't wound something, shuffle him back into your order deck if he's not in the order deck or in reserve was just fascinating. And I think that initially people were a little down on that. Maybe they were thinking, you know, you're thinking about the negative, right? Okay, like this is like worst case scenario. This is what could happen. This is going to be terrible. But having played him many times now, that hasn't happened nearly as often as like the success stories to having back to back to back Vader turns. It's oppressive. And it truly, I feel like it captures the power of Vader, especially at this stage in his life. I think this is my favorite version of Vader is this, you know, I prefer older grumpy man Vader who is just, he's seen it all. He's done it all. There's not really any threats anymore. No real challenges. He barely uses his lightsaber, right? He's just like you guys have said in the past, he walks on the battlefield. He just does his thing. He gets it done. And that's it. And that's exactly what this one feels like. He is such a presence, such a force on the battlefield. And he can really just dominate a section of the board if he's left unchecked. And even if you do put a bunch of things into him, there's a chance that if you don't really shut him down or take him down, he's still just going right into you. It's just a very unique kit. And I'm just blown away by it in terms of its overall functionality. He gets to hit hard like other Vader does. A little bit harder, mind you, because he can go up to 11 dice on his own. And it just feels so right and so Vader-like and... Man, he is just awesome. So yeah, very eager to talk about the different experiences and synergies with different lists I've tried and different ones that I want to try in the near future. Awesome summary. Yeah, I think this Vader, obviously we're all still learning together how much he's going to change the game landscape going forward. Just through the lens of the shuffling of the, of the deck, the frequency of cards moving up and down in the deck through how he's coming in and out. Also, just this combination, Kevin, which fascinates me with this Vader so much, which is if I'm the Vader player, I know exactly what's in your discard and what's exactly you're going to pull from. Even set up possible turns where I hold back on Vader to intentionally keep him in the deck, to shut down a side of the board, like you said, hard control in a way, right? Which is very unusual after our first Vader experience with the Jedi Hunter, which pretty much just murders everything. And he has this quick play pattern of double move, remove something from the table, as in injure it. And this new Vader. There's so many questions at all given times of you and your opponent both, and I find it absolutely fascinating as well. And I think what's so fascinating about it through the lens of today is we're going to explore this through different primaries paired with this Vader, which is already a puzzle enough in it by himself. And now you're bringing a second primary, which can add their own flavor of tricks to the list. And I think we're going to have some really fun topics today, Kevin, because I think every one of these lists is going to give you a very, very different experience that you and I have planned. 
Yeah, completely agreed. And quick shout out to AMG. We have three versions of Anakin Skywalker slash Vader in the game already. And they have, in my opinion, masterfully differentiated the three different ones while still keeping it uniquely Anakin in the sense that Anakin Skywalker is very much the character where it's all about me. I'm the center of attention. I'm the all-star. I'm going to do it all. Like, watch me go. And he's also a bully on the battlefield. And Anakin (laughs) does that. And both Vaders do that in their own unique way. And it's just, it's really exciting to see those similarities that really shine through, you know, with the character. But then they all do have very different play patterns in terms of what they do for their teams and their overall functionality. No, absolutely. Very well said in the sense of like the lore and conveying that through mechanics, right? Not only flavor, but mechanics. Absolutely. So let's explore that today today, together, Kevin, and let's talk about Vader and this lens of different lists. So Kevin and I have decided today to pursue this discussion through the lens of a light side primary, a dark side primary, and we're going to alternate until the end of the episode, the ones that are going to stick out to us. And starting with light side, Kevin, we had a couple options routes we could have gone, but I think we've narrowed it down to the light side characters that we think work best with Vader, at least right off the gate, right? This is this moment in time when new models come out, things change quickly, but we're going to start with one of the best light side primaries in the game. Also a very plug-and-play light side primary, Jedi Master, Luminara, and Dooley. Kevin, w- what are the seeds of this list But when you have Vader, the Emperor Servant, and Lumi in a list? So Lumi, as we you know discussed many times, and everyone knows, Flow of the Force is just a wild ability. It's one of the best identities in the game so far, and it really just enhances your overall you know team state and, and the way your team functions. Lumi herself may not be the most exciting primary, to activate with but what she brings to the table is just so unique and i think it synergizes really well with this so when we're playing these two together and for context this is probably when we're talking about this vader on today's episode most of the list we're pairing him with what he comes with in the box right it's stormtrooper sergeant and stormtroopers for the support those are both great with lumi because we have you know i've heard you guys talk about it before and i know we've had discussions where the Lumi identity, the healing part, really benefits those characters that have more hit points, right? People who can stick around longer, who are more tanky, defensive. And that works really well with both Stormtrooper Sergeant and Stormtroopers because they have nine versus clones that she's normally paired with, which have <laughs> six or seven. You don't really feel that benefit because they get one shot and you're like, well, eh. the condition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. What am I going to do? Whereas the Stormtroopers, yes, they damage themselves with their abilities but they have so many heals on their tree too. So that kind of offsets that. So if you're not taking them out, they're actually getting to benefit from that, which Lumi loves, right? Fantastic use for that. But more importantly, it's dash when you wound. And this works really well with Vader because when he wounds somebody, you get to dash an Imperial character or a Galactic Empire tagged character. So being able to double dash either... If it's a Galactic Empire character, the same character twice, or two different characters, or a Stormtrooper and Vader himself gets to dash, that's immensely powerful on the back of Vader wounding somebody. That's because getting the wound is already swinging the momentum in your direction, right? Literally, because you're gaining momentum. And then also, you know, it's wounding an enemy model who can't contest or do anything, participate until they wake up again. And then getting two dashes on top of that is just ridiculously powerful. I think Vader loves that. You know, he just loves somebody that is going to enhance what he does. And Luminar does that to the highest degree. No, absolutely. It's very evocative of like Lumi and other lists where, you know, you kind of bring her with a hard hitting primary that can have a big impact on the board. But this is 
two or triple fold, Kevin, where it's like you said, the double dash, dashing two models. I mean, the only restriction is the Galactic Empire part where it's like, okay, you are dashing an Empire character, but then the Lumi trigger is anyone you want. So as you said, that Empire character a second time, a different Empire character, a non-Empire character, right? So what it gives you is it gives you massive swing, which is what Shatterpoint's all about is point swings. How do you break the the tie? How do you break the tug of war that's just going back and forth? Let's say where you and your opponent are always getting two or three points a turn, right? And just equally trading. Well, the way you trade is through flow of the force. Additionally, what's insane about Lumi and this Vader together through flow of the force is they both break pulling from the order deck in different ways. Vader obviously getting to go back in. Vader kind of filling out your deck when it's getting low and increasing his frequency of coming back up, right? And then the combination of flow of the force, when you have someone in reserve, you can peek at the card at the top of the deck and you can see whether or not Vader's coming up again. Do you want to go with that Stormtroopers in reserve? Or, oh, just go on Vader again. I'm either going to remove something from the table or I'm going to control some stuff and get him back on the deck again, right? So it's also very weirdly good with her flow of the force, kind of foresight of the deck as well. And then at the end of the day, this Vader can be dealt with through certain means, and one of those means is a lot of conditions, even though he can take off a lot himself. And the full heal in a clutch situation can just get him back to full health, and now your opponent's like, oh my gosh, I didn't take him out, and he's coming back because he's back in the deck again. There's so many layers and layers of synergy. It's kind of absurd, to be honest. A full heal on Vader would just be an absolute nightmare. I don't know what I would do at that point if I spent all that time trying to whittle him down, and then he's like, ta-da, I'm back to full. My God. Yeah, it's pretty good. Nasty. But like you said, Um, I think a full heal on the Stormtroopers is also very viable as well if if you need to do it. Yeah, if it's needed, it can work in a pinch. And then, you know, let's talk about what we were going to bring with Luminara. We discussed Barris as probably the secondary choice to go with her. Barris just enhances Luminara's kit a little bit if they are near each other. You know, maybe then Luminara can have a slightly better turn. Maybe she gets a couple extra dice when she's attacking. You know, Barris gets that as well. Yep. Padawan. So there's some synergy there. Barris just being a great displacement piece in general. So she offers you, you know, a second character now because the Stormtroopers have diceless displacement when it's needed. And Barris having that too, it's just an extra tool in that tool belt for you to be able to use if you really just need to get somebody off a point and you don't trust your dice because we all feel that way sometimes. So it's nice to just shove them off and not have to do anything, you know, to make that happen other than spend some force. Oh, absolutely. And let's also not forget that Barris has three shoves, three spots in if you want it. And so she is one of those clutch characters that she can displace two models if she needs to, right? Obviously, dice need to be on your side a little bit, but let's say one shove gets them off, right? And you only got one spot in your tree, and now you force push the other model away. She wins that point. You're cooking with gas. But additionally, Kevin, I think Barris is so good in this list, similar to how she was with the old Vader, namely just because the amount of force Vader brings in this list. Obviously, it's only three to start. But you're going to get four minimum from him because he's going to go shatter point regardless or not. And if you shatter point with him, you can get upwards of five. And that just makes that tax of force push so much more attainable and so much less scary, right? And exactly. What's not what's not to love about that? No, it's you're absolutely right. It's she she just works well with this. She does kind of everything Vader wants done, like you know, people off points, um, helping you dominate certain areas of the board. And the early shoves on Barris, you know, we'll always sing the praises of that. So she's pretty consistent, pretty reliable with that. 
and then you know talking about supports that we want around with this we're, yes. we're leaning a little bit more into the empire theme here and who better to take as a support than fifth brother with luminara for all the reasons we've already listed another really durable piece that can sit on a point absorb a lot of damage possibly get healed with the luminara identity get healed with full recover and another viable candidate for someone to dash or for vader to dash when he wounds somebody so now you're looking at oh vader got a wound i can dash an imperial character right now i have my either my stormtroopers or I can dash brother. Maybe brother barely got shoved off a point. So you can have this unique situation where Vader wounds somebody and takes over a point himself, right? Then maybe brother was shoved off a point. You dash him on. If they only had one unit there, well, you have inquisitorial mandate. Hey, you just took that point as well. Yep. And then you get to dash another character. Maybe you, this is obviously best case scenario. You can cap, you know, have a three point swing there. That's huge. And that's all just from doing what Vader wants to do, which is murder things. And occasionally not murder things because he's setting up for the future murder, right? Yeah, but I think in this, he's just trying to take things out, move some people around with the identities, um, and just have a field day just domineering a part of the battlefield. Almost oh, certainly. And like Fifth Brother is already incredible in a Lumi squad in general because the, the original just dash, right? And now you're adding an element of dashing from Vader, like Kevin just mentioned, and dashing from the Stormtrooper Sergeant, right? So Brother's inquisitorial mandate and his massive health pool and defensive nature are truly at their peak in this list. I'm just going to be honest. like They're just at a peak because you're kind of always repositioning where he needs to be to score and win points. You're healing him, like Kevin mentioned. And your opponent's put in a tough spot because who do they focus in this list outside of Barris, right? Who's obviously the easiest to take down because we have Vader, Stormtroopers, Sergeant, Stormtroopers, Lumi, Barris, Fifth Brother is our list in whole. And they're not put in a lot of good situations, right? And those heels start showing up as well. It feels very insurmountable at times, right? And it's also very like control and a lot of health. So I think this is a really fantastic list and it's something you can take with Vader out the gate. Though I will say this is not a plug and play. This is a thinking uh, person's no. list. This is a thinking this person's Vader list. Is not, this Vader is not a plug and play either. No, you no. Gotta- Especially if you're bringing him with Lumi. You've got a lot of triggers to keep track of. You've got a lot of checking the deck, right? Like, you know, with the flow of the force, making decisions. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, last shout out for Fifth Brother, of course, the diceless displacement he has on command as well. If he just needs to do it, he can do it with his force repulse. But additionally, him and Barris have their free force power on their trees as well. So we don't count on dice here. But the fact that they have the option on their trees just compounds with that. You're going to have a lot of force with this list situation already, right? And maybe a full heals online now because you have to pay for the force push or the repulse, right? So I think it's a really strong list. And I think outside of the Lumi part, the theme works really well as well, <laughs> right? The theme yeah, can absolutely. really work this list. And, and some would say Lumi was gone for a very long time until the Grand Inquisitor did what he did to her in awful ways. And used her as a beacon for the Jedi, but that gap of was it time, awful or was it really smart? I don't, I don't know. I kind of, I thought it was side. a great. Listen, it was a great tactic. I'm sorry, it worked and it was genius. The Grand Inquisitor doing that, I think that's one of the most sinister things I think I've heard in Star Wars. <laughs> like, it's like, definitely up there. It's definitely in the top groupings, which is saying something because we've, you know, we've got great villains in Star Wars that do sinister things, but that was next level. You haven't heard that? Check out our Luminara episode where we talk all about Luminar and Barris because turns out that almost was a dual primary lore episode, right? Because Barris is such a massive part of the Clone Wars and Ahsoka's journey entirely. But yeah, it, the theme pretty much works. And 
yeah, I could see this squad, if Lumi turned to the dark side, I could see this squad being very formidable out in the wild in the Star Wars universe, and you don't want to mess with this. So you're saying you have a new list on the horizon when you start getting games in with Vader. That's right. Absolutely. But we got to move on from my light side enjoyment and move to Kevin's dark side and get right into the grand man himself who did the nefarious things with to Lumi, the Grand Inquisitor, Kevin, right? I think the Grand Inquisitor has obviously been a, a prime pairing with Vader 1, Jedi Hunter Vader, for some time. I think it's a solid list. I think a lot of people have seen success with it, Kevin being one of them. But now we have a new flavor of Vader to go with the Grand Inquisitor, right? Yes, we do. And listen, it's it's the first pure Galactic Empire team we have, and it is just so fantastic to see. I don't care that it has the Reeve attacks. doesn't bother me at all. I think this is the one place, like I said earlier, where she really can work. And I've had a couple of games already getting to play uh, Grand Inquisitor, Reva, and Fifth Brother, along with Vader and the Stormtroopers. And it feels good. It feels thematic. It feels powerful. You have these primaries who, I mean, Vader is going to get around the board, bully who he wants, set things up, and the Inquisitors can hold their own. At the end of the day, Reva, I typically will just use her as kind of like one of the backpoint sitters along with the Stormtroopers. She's very mobile. She can get around. She's deceptively tanky in that she does get those two two blocks on, you know, one of three expertise, which is good. So she can Shocks me every she, time. Yeah, man. yeah, she can last a little while with that deflect too. So maybe you get her up on a, a elevated terrain piece with an objective, and you've got a hunker on her, and then she's rolling, you know, seven dice on defense with deflect, and she's having the time of her life. That what I like about this list too with Grand Inquisitor is there is so much extra movement you have here. The last game I played with this, I had four different triggers to give free movements to Fifth Brother, and that was he was back and forth across the battlefield and it was terrific to see you've got grand inquisitors tactic you know giving an inquisitor's character and himself a dash reva has call the hunts stormtrooper sergeant has the ability to you know dash the support or i'm sorry advance one and they take a damage which no big deal on him he's got plenty of health and then vader of course when he gets the wounds can dash someone as well so i felt like there was just so many opportunities where even if fifth brother got moved out of position it didn't matter. I had so many ways to get him back to where he wanted to go, not even counting his own turn where he could just jump and, and advance, get to where he needs to. It just plays really well. And it felt good to finally get to you know get pure empire on the table. Awesome. I love that. No, and it's very similar list to the Lumi list, though it has pros and cons over it. And one of the biggest pros, obviously, being the massive swing of force that can come from this list as well, right? And what's interesting is like, getting Grand Inquisitors refresh, but then also, like you said, the Vader triggers as well, where Empire units are moving. That wave's coming. You have to have a plan against it, right, Kevin? So I, I like the shout out of basically playing the GI box in this Vader box. And I think additional shout out too to the OG GI list, which this is the new version of it, where it's like, if you want to play all Inquisitors, you can do that now with the Stormtrooper Sergeant in this list as well, right, Kevin? Of course, yep, you can run either sister or brother with Vader and just go full Inquisitor and have a great time with it. And you don't have to take pawns anymore like you did with Vader 2, but right. yeah, it's it's a great feeling. So yeah, that I, I have yet to try that exactly, though I am eager to do that. Same concept applies, you just have lots of movement for your characters, for your supports, and both your supports having Inquisitorial Mandate then means that you can just do these cute things where you you know get this extra movement, get them on a point, maybe there's only a primary or a secondary the opponent has on that point. And then you've just taken that from them for nothing. Um, <laughs> for nothing, it, it's, yeah. It's very powerful. And then again, shout out to Grand Inquisitor. He is no slouch. He 
No. Has a great defensive expertise, you know. It's very Dooku-esque, yeah. Exactly, and he can put out a lot of damage. Like, I think he has 10 or 11 damage on his tree, just off, off memory here with some expertise. So if you get that tree, he can hit really hard. And so I would encourage people to try him out more too. And then you get the reward of when an Inquisitorious character somebody, you get to, you know, recover two on any Inquisitor character, uh, as well as, you know, refresh some force if uh, they were a force user. So yep. there's some flexibility there. And the, the last thing I want to touch on with that is it, it leads into a theme that I'm picking up on and I'm trying out more with Vader. So we talked about his ability to murder things, which he can definitely do. But being strategic about when you choose not to, maybe you do want to shuffle Vader back back. Maybe you do want to get another activation with him. And so you you engineer a situation where you're in Form 5 Xien, you've got all these shoves, you've got pins, you've got heals, you've got disarms, and a good bit of damage. And you just lay 10 dice into somebody, right? You anger, hate, aggression, you get those three extra dice. And maybe you just push somebody off a point, out of position, pin them down, leave them on one or two health, and then just set them up for an Inquisitorious character to come kill. If you if they're a Force user, it's an easy opportunity to refresh the Force. Maybe you need some because um, you've blown through it, you know, or you just need those heals. Um, I think Vader has a particular synergy with rewarding characters that get benefits from killing characters. So there are going to be times, and I and I've done this myself, where I won't wound a model with Vader because I want one of my other characters that actually gives me a reward for doing that. To get that now, Vader does give you that, right? Because he gives you the dash. But sometimes you want this other effect. Sometimes you want that Grand Inquisitor recover and refresh some force. Oh, absolutely. I guess what you're saying, Kevin, is because the nature of shuffling Vader back in, if you don't get the kill, what's cool is you can set up these play patterns of teeing people up, like you mentioned. But additionally, you could just kill them too if you need to, right? It's all in your position. And obviously, what you got on the tree. But no, I like this list a lot. I think this list gives you a lot of agency and controlling the battlefield and. Like you said, GI and brother in particular are no slashes on defense and getting them moved around through the Stormtrooper Sergeant and Vader is massive. I mean, they're already great models without that. And then you bring that element. Stormtrooper is doing what they're doing. We got Dice's displacement with Fifth Brother, Dice's displacement with the Stormtroopers. And we've talked about how Reva actually works in this list. But I think the next question to ask, Kevin, before we leave this list and move on, is what other secondaries could we replace Reva with potentially? If we don't want to play Reva, I'm glad you asked that. Again, I would encourage everyone to try Reva. However, I think there's still better options out there. And it's not Django. We're not just going that route. We're trying to stay clear of that. We touched on Barris and the benefits that she provides more diceless yes. displacement. She's just an effective unit all around. I think she works well with the Inquisitorious. The theme is there too, since, you know, she did turn to the dark side there. So you can go the thematic route. However, what I'm most interested in doing. Next is Bausch, Leia Organa. Oh, tell me about this. Grand Inquisitor. So another (laughs) four cost, right? And what I love about her is she does what I just mentioned with Vader. Sometimes you just want to tee up these kills for your allies so that you can trigger their cool effects and abilities. Grand Inquisitor or an Inquisitorious character getting some heals, possibly some force refresh if it's a force user they killed. And what Vader can do with Bausch is... He can lay into the primaries, right? Because it doesn't matter what's in front of Vader, he will mess it up. That's just what he does. So if you can set up a situation where you go with Vader and you know you put a bunch of damage onto a primary, maybe you leave them at somewhere from one to three help left, and then Bausch is up next. She's got fan out, so she's got a free reposition on herself. She can 
advance again. So we love characters that can advance twice on their turn and then still yes. do another action. She does bring you Diceless Displacement if you need it. But most importantly, I'm looking at an opportunity to use her identity. I want 50,000, no less. So she can come in, finish off what Vader started, wound a primary unit, and then your opponent has a, some questions. They, they either give you an additional momentum yep. or they have to spend a force. And if this happens maybe later in a struggle where they're out of force and they've depleted their resources, maybe you scoring two momentum on one wound is enough to close out that struggle for you. So I think that she provides some interesting synergy with what Vader wants to do or is capable of doing with that team. Oh, I like that a lot. Also, it's super interesting that like her tree is either all damage when you go the bottom route or you go all conditions on the top route. That's also very good for Vader as well because something we haven't touched on yet, Kevin, but I think something we've kind of talked around a lot. You and I are doing a lot of this discussion through the lens of really utilizing Vader's Shien tree, right? In a lot of ways, Absolutely. which is control, shoves, conditions, not necessarily killing. And it's also a guaranteed way to get Vader back in your deck, essentially. But you've also got to look at all these lists through the lens of if you're using Shien, what are other characters doing during their turns in your list? where it's kind of complementing Xi'an and complementing the control. I think Bausch is really good in that way because Force spots in on her tree. Yeah, she's only dealing three damage to you. Maybe more if she got some expertise, maybe four damage or something like that. But she's giving you four conditions, right? <laughs> and so you could be in this position too where even if the Vader and Bausch aren't killing stuff, they could just shut down your opponent's team through a lot of conditions and control with the shoves. Absolutely. Or best case scenario, like you know, I was mentioning, he sets it up for her. She goes in for the kill on a primary. Maybe she gets you know four spots in her tree, and then not only have you wounded a primary and possibly gotten extra momentum, or you've taken additional force from your opponent. Now their primary has to wake up with four conditions on them, which never feels good for anybody. No, no, you just you kind of shut down their next turn, right? Absolutely, unless it's Vader with his ability <laughs> to remove extra conditions or damage, which I know That's we right. didn't really touch on, but. In extraordinary ability it, he is hard to keep down he's tanky yeah more than just tanky yeah he's just you can't stop him he just keeps coming yeah he's a, he's reached force of nature status with this form i love it so that would leave this list as the vader box vader stormtrooper sergeant stormtroopers and then the squad two would be grand inquisitor bausch and fifth brother shout out to either reva or barris in the bausch spot as well just keep in mind the theme with all four of those is very consistent with this list, Kevin, where it's like we have a melee-centric secondary, right? They can really put on the damage when they need to or the control when they need to. And all three of them do that. And yeah, flavor to taste for what you want, right? Absolutely. It can flex between, you know, control, you got diceless displacement. And then if you want to go full aggro, flip stances with Vader, let them have it, you know, give them the full dark side experience. I like it. I like it a lot too. And I especially like it if someone's out there and they just paint their Bausch like in blacks and grays, right? Instead of the browns and they can just leave. There's some ideas. This theme, right? (laughs) Yeah. Just, I mean, at that point she looks like an Inquisitor. I mean, she looks a lot like some of the Inquisitor elements in that way. Very cool. Very cool. And once again, I love that correlation. Like we said on our episode recently, the Luke episode, but I just, I love the correlation of the I want 50,000 no less. It is likeness to Anakin's identity, right? And once again, Anakin's in this list in a different way, right? So I like how we've got the daughter and the father together. Well, Kevin, we got to move on to our next list, which would be Light Side again. And we're going to go to none other than Ahsoka Tano Jedi. Now, this is already a different start because we are 
taking what the first two lists did, but kind of even going more a certain direction, right? And that direction is control and defense. Yes, absolutely. This is one where, yeah, you are leaning into the control and you're definitely more defensive oriented, right? You've got Ahsoka, who is an incredible piece that I think more and more people are coming around on and just seeing, you know, her efficiency and what she does and what she brings to the team, you know, being a solid unit herself uh, outside of her identity. She's really good as a counter to those aggro lists, those people, the, you know, the Vader, Jedi Hunter, General Grievous that just want to get in your face and steamroll everything. She gives you some counterplay to that, right? Because she has the ability to prevent herself from being one-shot by melee attacks. She's got the ability to win other people wounded. You know, she's giving you those advances with her, those heals or those attacks. So sometimes, yeah, it is nice to be able to advance with her, go maybe even move her onto a point, right? Worst case scenario, if she's off one, maybe she gets onto a hotly contested point from Fierce Protector. And then, yes, she has the opportunity to possibly shove someone off if they're engaged, you know, or the ability to move near somebody and heal three times. And again, we talked about the value of that with Luminara getting heals on people like stormtroopers who just have more of this, you know, this pool of health to work with versus clones. And she just enhances that ability, right? Or she can pull a couple conditions off Vader and then he's just ready to go next activation because he didn't wound anybody. No, it's really scary. It's a scary prospect. And I think what's really interesting about this list, it, it does follow the similar paths our first two, but this one's obviously more reactive. As Kevin said, it's a lot more reacting to, maybe this is in your premier list, right? And you're reacting to what's being brought against you. Maybe a Grievous Maul or Jedi Hunter Vader, like Kevin said. But it gives you a lot of agency through, if you if Vader wants to live in Xi'an and Ahsoka wants to live in reverse grip, spoiler alert, she always does. You have so many, not guaranteed plays, but you've got so many safe, consistent shoves in this list. And then the fact that Ahsoka's responding outside of your turn as well, I think we're just like in a great spot with this list. And so that kind of gave us the idea of where we wanted to go with this. So once again, we're still squad one, Vader, Stormtrooper Sergeant, Stormtroopers. But squad two, we have Ahsoka, Jedi No More, Obi-Wan Kenobi out of hiding, and Clan Kree's Mandalorians. And, we, and what we get out of this is we get more safety nets from Obi-Wan. We get more mobility with Obi-Wan and obviously more of that immunity to expose and even more recovers for our team from Obi-Wan. But then we have Clan Kree's Mandalorians, which on their turn can do so many active things, namely the verticality of where they can get. And then just once again, you guys are seeing the theme that we've been talking about on this list in particular, Vader, Ahsoka, Clan Kree's, and even Obi-Wan Shoves are very early in their trees. So you're not necessarily doing damage with this list, list, right, Kevin? Nope, but my God, are you getting people off points? And that is the name of the game. And they just they just do it so well. And I like that you mentioned the, you know, the recovers there from Kenobi. So, you know, you've got Ahsoka with some heals, you've got Kenobi with some heals. Vader loves those. The stormtroopers love those, you know, because they're going to be taking some damage, taking some punishment and abuse. So being able to keep them topped off is incredibly helpful. And then Clan Krees are just such a great specialist and all, all-rounder unit. They're, they're just so good at what they do. You know, it's either double shove or it's pin on the first one followed by a shove if you got those two results. It's, it's just amazing. incredibly powerful. It's so good. We didn't really touch on it with the Stormtroopers as much, but you have this option where they're throwing out pins and your Stormtroopers are already just pin machines. Like they are just handing those out like candy to people who don't want them. And it's just really great to see. I love the expertise on the stormtroopers, on, on the stormtrooper sergeants. You know, you're pinning people down, you're keeping them where you want them to be. And that's especially powerful with how many shoves this list has, right? 
if you're pinning people down and then Ahsoka comes in and bullies them off, or Kenobi runs in and pushes them off, or Vader pushes them off, clan crees, it just, it can be overwhelming. No, it certainly is. I think it's really strong and I think it's really cool. And I think you guys are seeing the theme that Kevin and I are leaning into, which I don't think we really harped on enough, Kevin, but now we've mentioned it, this Xi'an tree that Vader has, how insane his Xi'an tree is. And additionally, how at the end of the day, all these lists have some form of control, right? Whether it's a moderate amount of control or a high level of control, they all have it through the nature of Vader's Xi'an tree paired with his getting shuffled back in. As Kevin said, name of the game, Shatterpoint is point swings and shoving people off points. Damage is great. Removal is great, but you can't always guarantee that. So all these lists are having a flavor of that, which is so different and so interesting compared to Vader Jedi Hunter, which is quite literally the polar opposite. What's interesting, though, as Kevin said, when Vader's ready or when you just need to, you swap to Gemso and start removing models. But at the end of the day, I'm saying you don't even have to do that with some of these lists, with some of the play patterns you, you can have set up, right? Which is how these first couple lists we were pursuing, how they look through that lens. Right. Yeah. Maybe you've Vader's the last card in your order deck and you've been in Xi'an and you've been pushing people off points and maybe you've activated them three, four times in a row and you're like, oh, you know what? I'm bored with this. Let me finally like actually murder something, reshuffle my <laughs> deck and start this over again. I've definitely had those experiences happen with the the back-to-back-to-back Vader activations, and it feels incredible. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to our next and fourth list, which would be a dark side list again. Asajj Ventress, the Sith Assassin. How are we going to pair Vader with Asajj, Kevin? I was very excited to talk about this one. Maybe more than the... uh, No, that's not true. But at second, most excited. Uh, I got one coming up. I'm really excited. (laughs) There's some good stuff coming up. Asajj Ventress, great character. I can't tell you the last time I played against an Asajj. It's been a couple of months, if I'm being perfectly honest. I don't see people playing her. I think that's going to change. Spoilers for those of you who did not watch the trailer for The Bad Batch, but our girl's coming back after almost 10 years, not on the screen. So maybe that's going to be some incentive for people to start playing her again. But when we're talking about Shatterpoint specifically, I think she leans into what I mentioned before with Vader kind of teeing up the kills for people who maybe will grant you more benefit at that moment in time for get, you know getting that final that final damage in and getting that wound. And Asajj Ventress is the top of the list for me when it comes to that. Sith Assassin as her identity, her ability to, when she wounds somebody, any model, she gets to recover three. Already incredibly powerful, right? She can do that on herself. She can do that on a teammate. And then it just gets better and better. It's like, oh, was that a primary or secondary character? Okay, now Asajj also gets to advance or she can jump was it a primary character oh in addition to the heal in addition to the jump or the dash she then gets to refresh you to force and unlike grand inquisitor unlike general grievous where it is limited to force users that they have to murder asajj as long as it's a primary you're getting to force back and that is going to help your force economy so much since asajj is a bit of a tax on that so you have the situation where Vader can leave somebody on low health. Asajj can come in with that Makashi stance, which has just an incredible melee expertise tree. And maybe you just need that one damage or that two damage. You get that one expertise, right. you get those two crits. That's three damage, a recover, and a shove. And then if it's a primary, she's off to the races, right? Because she's getting some recovers. She's getting that jump. She's getting that or uh, advance. And then she's getting to refresh that force. Maybe now that gives you enough force to jump again and use that force push to throw somebody off a different point where she was at. 
it just really enhances her kit and enables her to do the things she wants to do. No, I love it. I think Asajj's kit is insane in this game. We talked about it so many times as a community, but she's so force hungry, Kevin. So I like your concept here. I like the proof of what we've got planned here. But at the end of the day, Asajj wants to spin two to four force every turn. She just does. So where does that leave you? She's got to go with a list that can bring force, can bring this kind of refreshing, like you mentioned, and it's got a secondary threat where the opponent just doesn't focus fire Asajj and start making everything cost so much for her. So the lens that we are pursuing through this list is Vader and the Stormtroopers doing their thing, but then Asajj and a highly mobile squad repositioning to parts of the battlefield they need to win to get these swings of points. And so that obviously means Asajj with Mandos, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, I would have it no other way. You've got an entire squad of people who can jetpack and jump all over the place. Great for those maps that are more, that just have a bit more elevation, things at different points. I think that they're just a great tool to have because Vader and the Stormtroopers, they don't have those jumps. They have to climb like everybody else. So being able to flex and have those characters that are more highly mobile, that can go upward, downward, all that fun stuff does just kind of enhance the list all around. And one thing I I do want to mention really quick, because I don't think I really iterated the point or reiterated the point on this, talking about setting up kills for Asajj, you know, these other characters who have these abilities that trigger when they get wounds on characters, you can do that with other primaries too, right? The thing that makes it unique with this Vader is you don't necessarily want to do that with the other primaries because then they, they, their activation's done, right? They, they get put in, you know, to the pile, you have to wait to draw them again. The reason why I'm leaning on this with Vader is because he's going right back in the deck. So it's not really a wasted activation. He set yeah. up something awesome for another character to do, and you're when you're going to pull it again. So it just, it, he is, I think, the best character for enabling these characters. I don't think I said that in the beginning, and I probably should have, but that's kind of the lens that I'm approaching this from, just to okay. give some clarity. No, I like it a lot. No, I like it a lot. I also like that Asajj has control with her trees as well when she needs it, right? And like we said, at worst case scenario in this list, you can fall back on the control. You can fall back on the shoves. You can fall back on the force pushes and stuff like that with the Sasage version and still win points, still score out, still not even have to remove models per se, right? And so now the addition of Mandos with Bo-Katan Kreese and Clan Kreese Mandalorian, which is where we've ended up on this, once again, more shoves, more recovers, more conditions, more moving around the map. I mean, of course, Bo, fantastic with her frequent play patterns and turns is, you know, move, free dash, free recovers, jump, right? And that's enough almost because she's also providing the protection in this list, which makes this little Mando bubble self-sustaining. And that that also lets Asajj do her very best thing, which is quickly reposition the parts of the map you didn't think she could get to and fly solo in this list while Vader is, as Kevin mentioned, in your face and you've got to deal with him. And so now Asajj is coming through the flank and what are you going to do? And meanwhile, the Stormtroopers and the Mandos are actually winning the game by scoring points. It all just works. I think it's great. Yeah, I think Asajj wants that character that is going to take attention off of herself and take some of that heat. And Vader is someone that you just cannot ignore. He's getting where he wants to be. And when he's in, in the scrum with you, he's laying down a lot of pain. And so you want to deal with him. And Asajj loves that, right? She's got the opportunity, like you said, to sneak off to a plank, yep. be where, he, where she needs to be. She's got um, some supportive fire from Clan Kree's and the Mandalorians, uh, from Bo-Katan, from the Stormtroopers. Lots of pins and shoves going around and just teeing up those kills for Asajj when the time is right to strike her. 
So exciting. So good. Well, that's another list in the bag, Kevin. Very exciting. We've got two left for you guys, and maybe we save the two best for last. Maybe. I know you're most excited for this one. I'm most excited for the one after this, but this one... I think these last two are very good. (laughs) It's it's off the wall, let's say that. It's off the wall. Meets back on the menus, boys. This is the name of this list. Oh, that's brutal, and I love it. (laughs) This is Vader, and we are breaking edge for the first time this whole episode. We are not putting Vader with his box by the nature of this build without giving away what it is quite yet, Kevin. In this build, Vader really is your solo piece. He is doing either high damage or he is doing high control and we are not leaning onto his secondary part of his identity the empire dash we're just going to drop that entirely so we're losing stormtroopers but bear with me listener there's a good reason this list is darth vader the emperor's servant and low gray the bright tree shaman and what do you know we're bringing every ewok possible sorry i'm muted over here because i'm just laughing to myself at the <laughs> concept of this this is just outrageous and desecration but i love it it's Man. And the concept is, you know, in Legends canon, you know, which I'm going to cover on the show very soon with Amon, Logre did dabble in the dark side through the later years of the Bright Tree Village timeline. And because he is the shaman and he did, there's whole lore. I don't know if you guys have seen the Ewok movies and all these other <laughs> Ewok things, but you know, like there's lore to his magic. And this Ewok is tapped in the dark side and he actually gets in Legends canon, gets excommunicated from the Bright Tree Village at, at a given point. So, this is the beginning of Logre kind of flexing his dark side power is the lore here. He's getting some some learning from Vader, possibly. But what's cool about this list in particular, Kevin, is it's an all Ewok swarm list. And we're still yet to learn Ewoks and really see the power of them in the game, which we're going to see very soon. But what's cool about this is Vader just does his own thing without the Ewoks. But what's scary about it is all the Ewoks, as in all five units of Ewoks alongside Vader making a six. They're doing their own thing. So you've got these two questions posed to your opponent, and what do they do? What do they do against this? Vader's like their hitman slash bodyguard, and he's just, you know, waltzing around the battlefield saying, you don't know the power of the Ubnub, and he's just channeling that Ewok magic, just getting it done while they're just running through and swarming points and stabbing people in the ankles with their sticks. It's I'm excited for this. I am too. And obviously we can't run Chirpa because if we ran Chirpa... We start losing a lot of Ewoks points-wise. So in order to get all the Ewoks possible thematically for this weird list we have, and additionally to just keep the Ewoks energy up, it has to be low grade because he brings us eight points. And through that lens, we have to pair the points accordingly. So Vader is getting Paplu and the Ewok Hunters, and low gray is getting our hero Ewok Wicket and the Ewok Trappers. Additionally, Kevin, this list gets the Ewok trap card. Yeah, that trap card is insane. I don't know if you've had the pleasure of playing against the Ewoks yet, but I have twice, and my goodness. I think one time it was the failure that was rolled, and I was like, okay, that, like I'll take that. That's not bad. Yeah. But when that crit gets rolled on you, and suddenly you're pinned, you're taking two damage, and everybody's just thrown off a point, it feels terrible. The but log Vader's going to love that. Yep. Yeah, Vader's going to love it, that. The log trap hit, but yeah, that's scary. So some quick discussions about what this list does. We talked about how it swarms points with the Ewoks and then Vader kind of does his solo thing or his bodyguard thing. Kevin, you want to talk us through this Paplu Ewok Hunter synergy as well? Yeah, of course. Vader? So again, I'm going to go back to my previous points made. Vader, maybe teeing up those kills for other people to get some benefit. And I'm looking specifically at Logre. I mean, Logre's kit is fantastic, right? His inspired presence. 
He's moving people around. He's got Elder Command. It's effectively his version of Tactical Network, which we already know is a great ability for Separatists. He's giving your you know Ewoks, while he's not wounded, some extra defense dice while they're in yep. range of him. Uh, a very nice all-rounder piece, but it's those secret ingredients. So whenever an Ewok <laughs> character wounds an enemy unit, you roll the attack die. On a crit or a hit, you refresh a force. And then on a fail or expertise, each character in the attacking unit may dash. Yep. So Vader just bullies people into oblivion and leaves them, uh, you know, barely clinging to life, you know, begging for death before these Ewoks come in and just cannibalize them. And then they get benefits from that, right? You're either getting force back or you're getting to dash with those units that got the wound. So it just really just compounds the ability to swarm these points, you know, just put a massive of little furry bodies on them and overwhelm your opponent that way. Yeah. And so Logre's got Wicket. Let's talk about Wicket. The hunting horn with Vader. It's hunting very horn scary. Is top three now favorite abilities in this game. <laughs> I love this so much. I can't it is an action. Use it. I, I don't care that it's an action. Like that's yeah. this is terrific because we've all had those games where we're playing shifting priorities and somehow ninety percent of the models on the board have congregated on that one point. And this is Wicket's time to shine, where he just comes in and he's like, you know what? You're all getting something. You're getting yeah. some pins. You're getting some exposes. He's setting things up for the entire team. It's a great day for him. Wicket rules. He's putting the heat on in this list for sure. And the hunting horn can just set up Vader, can set up Logre, can set up Paplu with his ridiculous luck with his attacks, right? And his sort of Bausch-esque kit as well, where he has the fearless inventive as well. And of course, the what does this do when Paplu makes a melee attack targeting any character that has, oh, what do you know, expose or pins, so hunting horn wicket, the attacking character may use the target character's expertise during the attack instead of his own, so Paplu can turn these Jedi and Sith's weapons against them. Additionally, that synergizes with the Ewok hunters with their ability to coordinate fire pinned as well. So uh, what's weird about this list, Kevin, is that the fact that it's got some control as well, right? It's got conditions on There's top a lot, of all I mean, this. these Ewoks, have a, they got a lot of ways to pin you down. And I wasn't fully prepared for that. But upon like everything being you know revealed now, it's yep. really exciting to see that you know these little furry demons have the ability to just pin down so many different people and like put that kind of control and exert that pressure in ways that I may not have necessarily expected, you know, and then you talk about the coordinated fire pin, fantastic. The Ewok hunters themselves also have a pin on their very first result. Yep. So that's going to be really effective for, again, bogging people down, keeping them there. You've got the traps that can apply pin, you've got hunting horn, there's just pins all around. Yep, and the Vader Ewok trappers have pinned three spots in, right? Yeah. As well, so... And I do love the other mention of Puplu, just he's got so many different people to enable what does this do. And it's going to be hilarious. Just I'm waiting for him to take Maul's lightsaber, take all four of Grievous's arms, and just you know go to town on somebody. He's a lucky man. I love it. I absolutely love it. And shout out to Logre, who's got the free force power on his tree if he gets there. And also Logre has reposition and recovers on his tree as well. So he can provide the support to the team ideally that they need because he is kind of Kalani esque in a lot of ways as well. So, but but what we're really looking at the bread and butter of this list is, as Kevin said. The low-gray identity paired with the Vader identity, where you can set them both up to work in tandem, right? And you can you can really make things work. And what's interesting about that, too, is Kevin, even if we get unlucky, 
and maybe we don't get the force back when we needed it. Well, that's fine. We get dashes. Or we were looking for a dash. We got force. We can work with that with Vader, right? We can work with that with some of these Ewoks. Yeah, these are both terrific results. You know, maybe it's not necessarily the one you planned for, but you're not going to say no to the other effect. Like they're both right. really efficient. Yeah, most certainly. I think stealthy approach is so good and fearless inventive and stuff on Paplu is so good as well. So, I mean, you want to pay for this stuff, most certainly. And I think when Kevin closes out here in a bit about Vader, I mean, you obviously want to anger, hate, aggression every time Vader goes as much as possible, right, Kevin? So that's part of this as well. So yeah, I don't think there's good. a turn in any of the games I played Vader where I haven't used that, except when I couldn't because I was wounded and didn't have the force. But we'll get to that in a bit. Fantastic. Well, I think this is genuinely a scary Ewok list. Obviously, it might be a little less synergistic than bringing like maybe a Leia or a Chirpa, right? But at the same time, you're going to do different things that you don't do with those lists. It's a curveball. Your opponent's going to see all these Ewoks and be like, I can manage this. And then you see Vader and it's like, well, answer this. He's in your <laughs> face now. What are you going to do? Yeah. Do you really want to focus Wicket when Vader's right there? Right. <laughs> so that's the fun of it is, like you said, Kevin, is he's inadvertently a bodyguard because you have to deal with him. You have to do something with Vader. And it gives the Ewoks a little bit of room to breathe. And yeah, all tap into the dark side, apparently. So Logray's been passing out the secret ingredients a little too hard in this list. Amazing stuff. Love this one. Good stuff. Well, we got to close out with our final list today, Kevin, before we close out with our Vader discussion at the end. And we might have saved the best for last. And through the sense of, is this one of the most competitive Vader lists? Maybe. Is it going to be one of the most fun? And is it the most fun one I've used? Uh, absolutely. Hands down. No questions asked. Double combo um, of that is kind I, of hard to beat. Fun I'm, I'm, and competitive. It's right. <laughs> I think it's got some legs. And I'm very eager, uh, as I mentioned to, you know, to you before this, I'm pretty sure I'm going to run this at Adepticon in several events. I, I'm, I'm very okay. excited at this combo. I love this new Vader kit. Um, and the next character we're going to talk about. I have a great affinity for, and um, I think there's a theme here that I'm going to lean into. Um, so we are talking about Dooku, good old Count Dooku himself. That's right. Running with the big man Vader. And before we get into it, nothing flashy with Dooku. I'm, I'm running him primarily with what he comes with in his box. So you get Django, which we're not going to get into. He's great. Play him. Whatever. It's fine. And Magna Guards, right? Just a really good... The other great really model. good box. It, it just <laughs> yeah. they are yeah I know right the great models and they work well with Dooku and I really think they work well here. So Dooku does what Dooku does best and that is provide you a ton of force and a lot of force refresh and that just enables Vader and crew to do whatever they want. Yep. Suddenly you have even if Vader's taken a wound, you don't care because that force refresh from you, the force refresh from Dooku. Vader's always going to have the force to use anger, hate, aggression. You'll probably also have the force to always use your unwise to lower your defenses. I know we didn't talk about that yet, but it is a great ability. Being able to just pay a force, and if somebody rolled a failure in melee, put three damage onto somebody is pretty painful, especially you know in, in the lens of what we're trying to do with these lists, which is Vader whittling people down. And the fact that he can do that when it's not his turn is also just so awesome. So Dooku enables him to do the things he wants to do. He enables your stormtroopers to do what they want to do. So suddenly you've got the force, again, even if they're wounded, so you can do things like their tactical advance for the Empire, things like that. You can just throw people off points for some of that diceless displacement. I'm sorry, it was Assault Tactics is the name of the ability. Get that dash, take some damage, get a focus. 
paired with the sharpshooter and, you know, the synergy with the stormtrooper sergeant, they're able to do everything that they want. Uh, in addition, your stormtrooper sergeant then has the force to just kind of more freely throw around Imperial firepower, you know, just handing out pins and, and disarms to, you know, people that are in range of your other Galactic Empire characters. So Dooku really just enhances the Vader squad um, by miles. It, it's it's fantastic. It. I've had a ton of fun using it. And I think that it just it's efficient, man. And then Dooku is just happy to go run on a point and maybe dig just in. Yeah, just dig in. No one's really going to touch him. If they do, fine. Don't really care. <laughs> Django is going to do his thing. Magnas are going to do their thing, push people off points. Control, again, we're leaning into the control aspect of this. And I think Dooku just does it so, so well with this team. It's terrifying, to be honest. It's Everything is simplified in this list. We've been talking about this whole episode is here. Though now you get extra force, right? And you, and you get refreshing a force potentially, and you get responses on your opponent's turn with Dooku. I yeah, I think it's all here, Kevin. I think it's Dooku continues to be one of these characters that you can throw with other models, like we've talked about in the past. Dooku and Ahsoka, right, is a very strong list. There's so many responses. There's so many things to do, and like you said, enabling Vader even when he's wounded is massive because, as Kevin just said. With Vader, even when you want to kill stuff, you want to spend this one force every time he goes for anger, hate, aggression. So when he gets wounded, obviously this price is going up immensely over time and he is getting less efficacy, but Dooku kind of fixes that problem with his force abundance per se. And then now we're adding Django to the list too, Kevin, which is terrifying because not so fast and all this stuff paired with Vader's turns. You can even set up Vader to do things like Vader could go, not kill someone, go back in the deck. Then you do Django, pull them off points, soften them up. Oh, what do you know? You got Vader again, right? Or vice versa, Vader softens someone up and Django not so fast as them, right? There's so many layers and layers. And then you add the Magna Guard, which is one of the best supports in the game right now as it stands with Stormtroopers, which I think are also incredible. And those guys are just on points and they're asking you, how do you deal with us? I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. You, you want to talk about putting the heat on your opponent. I had a game recently where I was able to use Vader, again, staying in a defensive Sheehan form, just trying to maneuver people and whatnot. Having Django there, it feels it's a horrible. It's, yeah. It does. I'm not going to lie. And I would probably, I'll do this in like competitive events. It's fine. You know, the gloves are off for that. Would never do this in a friendly game. But it feels really wild to have Vader just be like, you know what, I'm going to be in Xi'an. I'm going to just get a couple spots down my tree. I'm going to push you closer to Django. And I'm going to leave you pretty low on health. Oh, and then I'm going to do that again to the next character. And I'm just teeing up these characters in range three of Django. So suddenly there's two characters that are on one to two health each in range of Django. I have all the force in the world at this point because of Dooku. And being able to put your opponent in a position where... It's bad enough to take away one activation, but then possibly two back to back is just it's I shouldn't even be speaking this into existence. Right. It's so foul. And I actually feel like a horrible person for saying it, but it's something you can do. Right. Or maybe you don't not so fast. Maybe Django's the next card in the deck. You just shove them close. Um, I did have a game just the other night where uh i was i got lucky with some of that and was able to put down some pins and, and shove some people with vader and set up this turn where i shatter pointed django um did a focus jump shot on somebody that was on two health left wounded them capture wired the other person that was pinned on one health wounded them 
Wow. And it's just like, yeah, it's what do you do at that point? Right. Yeah, the pen synergy, right? With the stormtroopers. Yeah. With the certain and they were handing out the pins to everybody. So yep. again, there's just a lot of that pin down synergy uh working really well with this team too. And then the Magnus and Dooku, they don't really care. They're just doing whatever they want to do. They're still so good. There it is. Yeah. Well, we close out these six groupings of characters with a very scary one, Kevin. <laughs> a very scary one. But a quick refresher for the listeners back home before we close out our final Vader thoughts. We've got Vader, Emperor's Servant with Stormtrooper Sergeant and Stormtroopers with Lumi, Barris, and Fifth Brother as list one. List two, we go to the dark side. We've got Vader, Stormtrooper Sergeant, Stormtroopers with Grand Inquisitor, Bausch, Fifth Brother. Then we have list three, we have Vader, Stormtrooper Sergeant, Stormtroopers with Ahsoka Tano, Obi-Wan Kenobi out of hiding, Clan Kree's Mandalorians. Then we go to Vader Asajj. We've got Vader, Stormtrooper Sergeant, Stormtroopers, Asajj, Bo-Katan, Clan Kree's again. We've got the secret ingredients, meets back on the menu. We got Darth Vader, Paplu, Ewok Hunters, Low Grey, Wicket, and Ewok Trappers. And then lastly, to close this out, we got Vader, Stormtrooper Sergeant, Stormtroopers, Dooku, Django, and Magnaguard. Yes, that's right. Those boxes just as they come from AMG. They just Ooh. work so, so well. I mean, So well. I think these are all great lists, Kevin. All great lists. Yeah, I'm, I'm a personal sucker again for that Vader Dooku. And the, the last reason I'll say, because it's near and dear to my heart and special to me, because my friend Palpatine is not in the game yet, right. um, and we don't know when he's coming out, this is the closest I could feel to him because this is my Pawns of the Emperor pairing. I like uh, being that they are his last two apprentices he had. So just it, it gives me it, that essence of, of Palpatine, of the Dark Lord himself. Sidious just, you know, being the puppet master, just pulling the strings and watching these people do his dirty work. So I've got Dooku. I've got Vader. That's going to hold me over until uh, the man himself comes out. Great chat. And also, both of these primaries have terrifying ranged attacks in regards to saber throw, which this new Vader has the best saber throw in the game. And Dooku, lighting. Yeah, do not forget that anger, hate, aggression does apply to your ranged attacks as well. So you can do that sweet, sweet eight dice saber throw from Xi'an and still get all his pins, shoves, and disarms. Displacement from range, right? Absolutely. Yep. Amazing stuff. Well, closing our episode, Kevin, let's talk about Vader as a whole, this kind of box as a whole, and like you said, the pros and cons of playing Vader. Yeah, so this Vader, again, I just... He's very different from Jedi Hunter. Jedi Hunter is terrific at what he does. It's Vader, everyone Hunter, because he will just kill anybody. And that's what you want to do with that Vader, right? You're, you're going around, you're getting those wounds. This Vader has more durability because of his ability to take damage or conditions off himself. If he's not exposed, mind you, his ability while he's in Xi'an, you know, he's got on his expertise tree, he's got those recovers. So he's recovering on his turn. You know, he's recovering on your opponent's turn when they attack him, if you're rolling those expertise. Um, he's very survivable and he can stick around for a while. He is obviously great with Empire, getting to dash people around when he gets wounds on people, but he's also really good at enabling your team to get the most out of their kits and out of you know the utility right. that they provide through their abilities. So th those are definitely some of the strengths of him. And then you know, let's talk about one of the big weaknesses here because I unfortunately have had this happen in games too. I actually <laughs> had one very recently where I got a little too bloodlusty and was too eager to wound people with Vader. I was playing all Empire, so Grand Inquisitor, Reva, Fifth Brother, and had a situation where, you know, Vader, Django had, we had wounded Django with Grievous. Vader was just in the middle, just like 
beating up on Cad and OB2 and just having the time of his life. And I left him in a situation where I did two things. I mismanaged my force and I didn't okay. have any left at, at the end of that Vader activation, right? I was like, oh, it's fine. Like, I'll be re- recycling the deck here soon. I'm like a, a card away from it because I had shatterpointed Vader, mind you. So Vader was still in my order deck. He was the last card. My opponent activates Mole. He does Maul things. He gets into Vader's face with the double advance, the expose, and he gets his tree, leaves uh, Vader at one health. And Wounded Django is in range. He has enough force to not so fast. He's playing with Cad and Maul, mind you. So not you know, I pull Vader because that's what's left. And I get not so fasted and Vader dies and he gets four force back and Vader gets shuffled back into the deck. He's the only card, right? Except now I'm in the situation where, you know, uh, I didn't activate Vader, right? So I didn't get that force refresh. So I'm still at zero force. So then I get, you know, the struggle ends. He wins that struggle, closes it out. We go into struggle three. I pull Vader. Now I have one force back, but I don't have enough force to do anger, hate, aggression. I don't have any viable targets in range that I can one-shot because everybody around me is at full health or they're wounded because Vader already took them out. So best I can do on my activation is dash because I'm engaged with somebody. Go over to Maul where he ran away to and just do an eight-dice attack into him. Unfortunately, ended up being one-shy in the tree of being able to get the wound on Maul. So Vader gets shuffled back into my deck. And I still don't have force to do anything. And my opponent gets to capitalize on that by taking out more of my models. You know, so then I go with Vader again. I have refreshed another force now. So I have two. I have the ability to anger, hate, aggression, get the extra dice, get the wound, and finally refresh my force and reshuffle my deck. But at that point, my opponent just closed out the game the next turn anyway. So that can't happen. Um, and I, my opponent played that beautifully. He capitalized on my mistakes. And I, seriously mismanaged my force so that is one thing i will implore you know listeners to keep in mind um be mindful of your force and don't run out vader while being an absolute monster in a tank dice will happen and there are really heavy hitters in this game so he he will get wounded can and it will happen and if you're not careful about what's what's around you and maybe you've obliterated too many things so there's no targets around it can create an interesting situation for for you going again with Vader. If you did what I did, you shatter played with him, and that he was the only card left in your order deck. So that can happen, and then the reverse can happen too, where he can just dominate a side of the board. I think that there are viable options where, like my game the other night, where it was the end of struggle one, I was about to win it on my activation, Vader was the last card in my deck. So instead of going with him, killing somebody, and getting a dash on an Imperial character, I opted to set up for the next struggle. So I was in a better position for two, even though I was going to win one. So I was in Sheehan. I just went around, pushed people off points, put some conditions on them, shuffled Vader back into the deck so I could open up struggle two with him and have a really powerful start to that. And that felt really good because he was able to dominate one side of the battlefield where my opponent's model did and he wasn't drawing them. So he wasn't able to wake them back up. And the game just kind of snowballed from there. There's pros and cons to it. You just got to be careful with how you play it and just be careful with how you manage your force. Okay. It's, it's very razor's edge is what you're saying. Been it's on like, the edge with that one. Yeah. You just described two scenarios where Vader got caught in a loop, which either helps you win the game or helps you lose the game, right? So through this identity and through not having the force or having the force, that's the loop that Vader can get caught in, right? So Kevin just gave us one example. And I think it's very fascinating because obviously this potential for Vader is so explosive to dominate 
not even necessarily the struggle he's in, but maybe the next struggle, as Kevin said, like setting up a next struggle because of the nature of his identity and even the sub-identity with the Empire element of the swing of points in addition to him getting put back in. But that's so fascinating to me because with this Vader too, if you have a lot of foresight and kind of a feeling of knowing how you're losing a struggle, you can really put your foot on the gas per se of this Vader playstyle of getting him back in again and again and again. You can reposition across the map. You can aggressively take that next struggle quickly from the beginning. And as Kevin said, like manage and control the opponent's troops right out the gate, which honestly, most models in the game don't have the access to do that. And in fact, most of them you're contingent on either getting the model back or like quickly repositioning, which they can't do outside of a couple of the big ones with a lot of speed. So yeah, there's so many questions posed all the time of the Vader player and the opponent playing against Vader. And what more can I ask for right now in the game? We've got a new model that's asking this many questions to both players constantly. 10 out of 10. 100%. Yep. I mean, we've got three versions of Anakin and it feels awesome. This one being my particular favorite. I think this guy has just got the perfect kit. Love him to death. Think he's great. Excited for more people to try him. I'm excited for all of us to actually physically get him since that's around the corner. So yeah, great job, AMG. Great job, AMG. Yeah. And also, once again, another Vader sculpt that's fantastic. I love that both Vader sculpts are just so iconic and so evocative of Vader in different ways. And obvious that there are different silhouettes. If you approach the table now, you could see, oh, that's Imper Servant Vader, or oh, that's Jedi Hunter Vader from a quick glance, right? And I think that's fantastic from them as well. Well, we hope you guys have enjoyed this Vader episode discussion. We thought it was a fun and important time to talk about this right before we get Vader in our hands, but additionally, after we just did our primary episode of the podcast around Vader and how you play him and the ways that you can harness the power of the dark side that Amon showed us so well on strategy in that episode. And we hope this gave you some tools to start list building with Vader. You can obviously grab and go with these lists that Kevin and I built, but you can additionally take some of these concepts that we took and put your own twist on it. If certain models don't work for you, swap out of secondary, swap out of support, swap out of secondary and support and find what works best with you with this Vader. But I can safely say, Kevin, I think this Vader is here to stay. And that's only going to grow as the game goes on because we're getting more Empire releases in particular. And this Vader's going to have more chances to flex his muscles with his identity. Yeah, couldn't agree more. More Imperial releases means that more chances for him. Maybe you are doing less of the, you know, bullying, pushing people around, not killing. Yeah. Maybe you are just going straight murder because you've got five other possible units to choose to dash. So I think it's going to be great when more Empire comes out. I agree, especially when we get more stormtroopers, right? And like the ability to lean into stormtrooper sergeant and, you know, kind of colony it up per se and just really just. Oh, yes. Cannot get, wait. Some get full stormtrooper synergy. Some, yeah. Some death troopers, you know. Please. Some, please. please uh, dark trooper. Uh, Moff Gideon. Yes. Coming with those, oh with those dark troopers. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait. Absolutely. Well, it's been a really fun episode. We hope you guys enjoy these lists. And if you try these lists out, let us know how it goes. We'd love to hear your input and kind of your findings as well. But of course, I've got to tell you all the places you can find Hello There online. Hello There is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Hello There patron by going to patreon.com slash Hello There cast. Once again, like I said earlier, the league is about to start. So now's the time to jump right in. Make sure to get in that league before it begins. We have a lot of things planned around Adepticon in regards to the patrons. So stay tuned for that. Bonus episodes of the podcast are in full swing and a lot of fun discussions going on there with me and Amon. And 
yeah, if you like what we do here and it brings value to your life, the Patreon's the number one way you can support us other than listening to the show. And it means a lot. You can additionally find us everywhere online at Hello There Cast. That's X, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch. You can email us at hello there cast at gmail.com. And if you can leave us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice, it means a lot to us, helps us grow. And we are still trying to hit over 100 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. So please help us do that. We have to thank Low Feel for our show's music. This was a fun project to do with Low Feel. And additionally, you can find me and Amon several spaces online. You can find me, Jesse, everywhere at the same place. That's at Jesse Aiken. That's J-E-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. That's X Instagram Longshanks Discord. Check out my show, Fury's Finest, about everything Marvel Christ Protocol and the Marvel Universe. Very fun time there and a very fun year of MCP coming up. AMG is about to drop us a whole bunch of content. Additionally, you can find Amon everywhere online at A Man Who Games and on Longshanks at Amon Kusro. Amon also does the number one Warhammer, Warhammer Underworlds podcast, Path to Glory, about everything competitive Warhammer Underworlds and player development within the community. And he is the world champion, so you should listen to what he has to say. Kevin, where can everyone find you? You can find me on any of the Star Wars Shatterpoint discords. Just my name, Kevin C., or Seth Emperor, if you're in the Hello There Discord. Perfect. Well, Amon has been very missed, but Kevin, you have done an incredible job filling the dark side of the Force on this very show. Gotta keep things balanced. Can't just be a light side episode. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And we went... Three and three. I really like our lists. I really like our primaries we paired with Vader. I think they all work in different ways. And, you know, you can find the one that works best for you and your playstyle, I'm hoping, for the listener. Yeah. You guys can try them all out in the next Hello There League since it's going to be open rosters. Good shout out there, Kevin. Yeah. It's absolutely going to be open rosters. So if you want to play Vader and Dooku a game or Vader and Low Gray a game, go for it. Yeah. You know, everybody wants to play Vader Low Gray. I want to play Vader Low Gray. That list is terrifying in all the best ways absolutely well we hope you guys have enjoyed this episode thank you for coming on kevin and giving us your dark side expertise and your lens of vader which is very unique and very powerful the dark side of the force we always learn something sith emperor kevin but until next time thanks for listening and may the force be with you